The Old Testament reading is recorded in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, beginning at the first verse. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Peth Beor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The epistle lesson is recorded in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting 
in our hope. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. They were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the gospel according to St. Luke concerning our Savior and his transfiguration on the mountain. And we hear his father proclaim, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. I think probably most of the fathers, we fathers, are proud of our sons. We like to say nice things about our boys and how good they do this or they do that. They make their fathers and their mothers happy. I remember my father when I was just a little kid. We'd go uptown and he would be telling them about how my son can drive the tractor and do this and do that. I thought at the time it was kind of funny, really. But then we kind of wish they would forget some of those other things about us that they weren't so proud of. But, you know, that's not the case with our Heavenly Father. He was always proud of his son. And he was always well pleased with his son. In fact, in our text today, he glorifies his son as they go up the mountain with Peter, John, and James. And he was changed right before them. And the father was pleased 
to allow the sun's glory to shine through his humanity. Let Moses, Elijah, Peter, John, and James could see what's hidden underneath that flesh of his. He wasn't just Jesus, the carpenter from Nazareth. He was Almighty God in our flesh. And he was getting ready about six months ahead of him for his passion, his suffering, his crucifixion, his death. And being a man, a human being, in our flesh, as we have flesh, the Father strengthened him for the task ahead of him. That's what he and Moses and Elijah were talking about when they appeared to him on the mountain. In fact, Luke says they were talking about his exodus. I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know why the translators don't actually translate it that way. They talk about his departure, but the word in the Greek is actually exodus, and it comes into our language the same way as exodus. So they were talking about Jesus' departure, preparing Jesus for what was ahead of him. For he very well knew what he was going to go through. But being a human being, a holy, sinless human being, he still had concerns about it, obviously. He was going to suffer pain. He was going to receive 40 lashes, save one. You know how that is? Your hands tied like this on the post, and you're bent over like this with a bare back, and they take the club with the leathers on the end, and then tied on the end is small pieces of flint, so it'll definitely tear your flesh. He was going to receive that type of treatment. Beyond that even, the worst blow that struck him was the Father's for your sin and for my sin and the sin of the entire world. All of that rebellion against the Father was laid on the Son. And the Father punished the Son for the sin of the world. That was the, as the hymn writer puts it, that was the strongest blow that struck him. The Father's wrath against sin. To go through something like that, the Father knew his son was going to need strength. He was going to need physical strength. He was going to need spiritual strength to encounter his father's wrath. And so the father reminded him of who he really was as he glorified him in the front of Moses, Elijah, Peter, John, and James. 
as he let his divinity shine through his humanity. Matthew, in the parallel text, says that he was metamorphized. That's where we get our word metamorphosis from the Greek word. He was going to be changed. You know about metamorphosis. One of my sons learned about metamorphosis one time when he came running around the corner of the house. And I can kind of still see him in my mind's eye. He was about three or four years old. And he came running around the corner of the house and he had his hand clenched. And he says, Dad, Daddy, Daddy, look what I have. I went over and I looked and he carefully opened up his hand and what did he have but a little woolly caterpillar. And he was all excited about it because I think the caterpillar was getting ready to build a cocoon. And then he was going to be metamorphosed and come out as a beautiful butterfly, which you can go see right now at Meyer's Garden. <laughs> For all the butterflies are out. That's the same word that Matthew, Matthew uses to describe what Jesus went through. He went through a change. For his, his divinity was hidden under his humanity. You see, it had to be this way. Because we could not stand in the presence of his divinity shining through because it would be so powerful it would blind us. And actually, Isaiah, when he was caught up into the heavens, he said, oh, woe is me, woe is me, I'm coming undone. Unholy man can, cannot stand, that literally cannot survive in the presence of holy God. That's why Jesus, one reason, why Jesus had to bear our sin and pay our debt because we can't appear to God in heaven like this. We'd be destroyed. We have to go into the ground and spend some time there and then when Christ comes back and raises us up, he will glorify our bodies like unto his body so that we can dwell in, with him in holiness. So that this could all happen, Jesus had to be strengthened in his humanity to be able to endure what awaited him. Now his disciples needed to be strengthened too. They didn't understand this. They still didn't understand it on his ascension. Remember that? When he ascended 40 days after the resurrection? And just before he ascended, his disciples are asking him, are you now going to return Israel to her former glory? They were thinking earthly thoughts. It wasn't until 50 days later on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came in mighty power upon the church, that their eyes, their hearts, and minds were opened, and they started putting it all together. 
they needed to have their faith strengthened. You can see that very easily. What about the little girl, the young maiden, who said to Peter on Monday, Thursday evening, you were with him also. You sound like a Galilean. And what did Peter say? I never knew the man. The disciples had to have their faith strengthened because you know what? They had the biggest task in the world. They had to take this message of a dead man risen to life again and he is God in our flesh, the Savior of the world. And they had to take it to people that, well, first of all, the Jews refused to believe it. Then take it to the Gentiles who'd never heard of such a thing. Imagine that. Going to someone who has never heard a word of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, forgiveness, eternal life, the resurrection, and try to explain it to them and convince them this is the truth. Well, our missionaries do that. And, of course, it's the Holy Spirit working through the gospel. But the disciples had this task. And look, the Lord blessed their work because... Christ is known all around the world. He is being proclaimed all around the world so that everybody can know that we have a Savior who loves us and forgives us. The Father says, listen to him. Listen. He says, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased, whom I have chosen. And then he says, he makes this command. I think it comes across that way. He says, hear him. Listen to him. Now, you know, listening is not that easy a task. First of all, our minds wander. You know, it's just, you know, this guy's just up there talking and talking and talking. And I'm thinking about lunch or what I'm going to do this afternoon. And then, you know, it was kind of hilarious. I was in Lansing. We didn't have air conditioning, and the windows in the summer were open. And one time, there was a bee over here. Now, that, that whole side of the church... Lost, I lost them. <laughs> they were all concerned about the bee. Then one day, a pigeon came in. And we had a big cross up front. I don't know if he stayed on it or what, but then he came back down. Fortunately, he went right down the center aisle and out the door. And there's all kinds of distractions. But God tells us, to listen to him. In other words, we are to 
read, that's a great collect, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the word of God. That means you and I have to read this book. If we're going to listen to Jesus, we've got to read his book. Now, you can do that at home. I mean, everybody has a Bible. And we have divine service. We have Bible study. You're blessed here. You have a school. Your children can go to the school. You have family devotions. We have opportunity to listen to the Lord day in and day out. In fact, that's why your pastors, and of course your mothers, I think, and fathers, encourage you to memorize the scriptures. Of course, you can't remember the whole thing, but we can remember some of it. Have I mentioned this before? Of our Lutheran boy, he was even, I think, from over this area. He was captured in Vietnam. Have you heard this? And every day they put him out in the square in a bamboo cage, so small he could not sit down. And he stood there in this cage day in and day out for quite a long time. And he was finally freed and came home and people asked him, how did you survive? Now listen to this. He was one of our Lutheran boys who went through confirmation class. And he said, during the day, I reconstructed the book, Gospel of John in my mind. And I don't know how far he got, but he got quite a ways. And he was able to put the scriptures back in his mind. This came because he studied as a young man, a little boy, the scriptures. This is what God wants us to do. To listen to his son so that we can carry his word with us day in and day out. Wherever you go. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you just carried that one verse with you wherever you go, you will always know and have the gospel of your Savior Jesus Christ in your heart and your mind. God glorified his son that his son would be able to go forward and suffer and save we, his people. And God glorified his son that those disciples would be strengthened so that they could proclaim Christ crucified into all the world that you and I today know and believe in him. And he also strengthens you and me that we will continue to believe that Jesus died for us, that we might have forgiveness and eternal life. God grant each and every one of us faith in Jesus our Savior. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.